Welcome to the Marketing Trust Podcast. I am your host, Adam Buchanan. I believe trust must exist before a transaction can take place. I give marketers the tools they need to infuse more trust in their marketing to help grow their business. Let's get started. Welcome to episode three of the Marketing Trust Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Buchanan, and I'm excited to discuss a topic today that people ask me about all the time, which is live video. And today I'm going to talk about how it can increase trust with your customers. Before we dive into live video, for my trusted brand segment, I want to talk about the Super Bowl for a minute because there was a key moment there during the halftime show with Justin Timberlake that illustrated a principle I feel especially strong about. Now, towards the end of his performance, Justin ran up into the stands and gave high fives to people in the crowd, and the crowd went nuts. He stopped at Ryan McKenna, previously known to the internet as Selfie Kid. Yes, he has a name. He was a bit surprised and was dealing with his phone turning off as he attempted to take a selfie with Timberlake. Here's why I like this moment and why everyone else did. It's real. We can all put ourselves in Ryan's shoes. And the internet erupted about this moment that only lasted just a few moments. While Timberlake didn't hand the microphone to Ryan to sing along with him, I don't think that was the plan, he gave the kid the spotlight, which he didn't have to do. Think of how the halftime show could have gone differently if Timberlake would have just stayed on stage done a few more songs, and maybe got lifted out of the stadium with a helicopter. But instead, he went into the crowd. This is what brands can do, and when they do, it's power, and it creates trust. I actually saw Keith Urban with my wife do this during one of his concerts. He brought a girl on stage who'd been sitting there uh, since I believe it was 7 or 8 a.m. that morning. And he sang to her, and everyone in the crowd went absolutely crazy. Coldplay actually did this last summer in 2017, where they invited a fan who'd created a sign and says, I want to play Everglow with you. And they ended up bringing him on stage, and he played Everglow on the piano. It was incredible. And it saw a record amount of social shares and had tons of media covering the story on their news outlets. Now, this example, you know, is pretty easy to illustrate with musicians and concerts because, you know, they can point the spotlight on their fans. So the question is, how can brands do this? And I've often said to brands that I work with, bring your customers on stage with you and hand them the microphone. Now, you as a marketer or a business owner have a strong opportunity to increase trust with your customers by sharing their content. And this really has two main benefits. The person's content that you share will solidify your relationship with that person. Now, you may think, well, that's really hard to scale because now I have to go create you know, little relationships with all these different people. But that's how you need to think about it because that can create so much more down the road for you and your brand. I mean, they could become an advocate for your brand or the relationship could turn into something deeper or maybe they start creating content for you all the time. The other great thing about this is the content that you share from your customers is often better than yours. I promise you it is. Because the thing is, it's coming from a trusted source. When I was at Cabela's, there was actually an experience where, you know, we were pushing out content all the time. And a lot of it was from our own photo shoots. There was one photo that sticks out in my mind. 
And it was of a small child, probably six or seven years old. And they were wearing a life vest sitting on a fishing boat. And it was, I mean, it was very cute. The baby was smiling and everyone was having a good time. We shared this image with our customer's permission. And the photo saw 4X of the engagement of the con- uh, versus the content that we were producing. Now, here's the thing. Customers' content is going to be way more trusted than any stock photography that you can find on the internet. Now, today we're going to talk about live video, which is a different element of having your customers come on stage and giving them the microphone. Now, don't get me wrong. Resharing their stories and content from your audience is, is awesome. It's great, and it's something I highly recommend. But live video is a whole new dimension that you can incorporate in your business. There are a lot of benefits with live video. As you consider live video to be part of your content strategy, here are three main benefits to remember. The Facebook algorithm is constantly changing, but it loves live content. And the reason for that is because it's so engaging. So when you go live and you produce a live video, Facebook is going to show this content to more people. Now, you may not knock it out of the park early, but as you do some testing, get some practice, you're going to figure out what is interesting to your audience and and refine that as you go. And you're going to be rewarded uh, from Facebook for that. The other great thing is live videos can be repurposed for other uses. Whether you're live on YouTube or Facebook, take that recording and make it work for you in other places. Embed it on your website and drive it to... to, um, to that video weeks after you go live with email marketing or other ways of marketing. And the third benefit is, you guessed it, it's going to build trust with your audience. Make sure to constantly ask the audience questions and get them to participate and repeat their questions and give them shout outs throughout the live episode. The thing is, is customers are going to buy from brands that they trust and that trust can be built through having a real conversation. And live video is an awesome vehicle for that. So right now, I want to give you a few tips for getting started because so many companies want to do this. They see other brands doing it, but they're scared and I get it. I would recommend starting on Facebook. YouTube does offer a live product, but Facebook is so easy to get started. You can go live right from your phone without much of a problem. It's important to use the camera that faces out rather than the selfie camera. The outside camera has a better resolution but means, but you know, this means that you can't see the comments or questions that are coming from your audience. So make sure to have a laptop or a second phone or iPad with you so you can see those customer questions because that's the whole point. In the beginning of your video, welcome your audience and let them know what you're going to be talking about. Give them a quick preview, but in that first 10 to 15 seconds, you need to do something really critical. You need to invite your friend, your fans to comment below and, and ask them, you know, something easy like, Hey, where's everyone joining from? You need to throw them out a nice softball icebreaker to let people know one, Hey, we're serious when we mean we're going live. This is a chance for you to connect with us and not just for us to talk the entire time. But what happens in that first 10 to 15 seconds is if you can get people engaging early, Facebook will look at this and say, Oh, this piece of content is interesting. 
it's going to be interesting to other people. So they'll start showing that content in your Facebook Live to more people, which is the point. Throughout the video, make sure to continue to ask questions. It shouldn't be something you do in the beginning and then never want to hear from your customers again. By asking more questions, it shows that you actually want to have a relationship with your customers and you can earn big marketing trust points. One thing that works really well is to have a friendly debate. So let's say you're a home decor company and you're talking about decorating for the home. You could show your fans a blue chair and a yellow chair and ask people, hey, which one do you like more, blue chair or yellow chair? Invite people to comment below and watch what people are saying. See what one is getting a little bit more love or more interaction and and start to announce those results. Say, wow, we're getting a lot of love for yellow chair or wow, blue chair is pulling ahead and have a friendly debate. This is great because it also really finds out what your customers want to talk about. Maybe they want to have those friendly debates. Maybe you want to pit two different things against each other. As you find what people like during your Facebook videos, that can also inform your business on what products to run promotions against, or you could feature these products more prominently on your website. Social can be one of the most cost-effective focus groups, and Facebook Live is a great way to get that insight quickly and instantly. The other thing you want to think about is you're creating an opportunity for your fans to tell you what they like. And this is cool because it can snowball into creating even more trust because what can happen is, let's say you go live on Facebook, talk about a product, let's say back to the chair example. Okay, we got a lot of responses on the yellow chair. Hey guys, guess what? We heard from all of you that you really love the yellow chair. So for the next 24 hours, you get 10% off with this coupon. It's cool because you're closing the loop with your customers, which shows them that you're actually listening and that you care. It also creates interest from people who may not be following you on social and may say, hey, these live videos are happening. I'm not part of that. I want to become part of that because they're actually listening to their people and offering promotions of of what the results are. It's also important to have guests during your Facebook live videos. Interviews can be really interesting but you want to get people who can give your fans access. So someone like a CEO or a product designer or someone who's really been at the company a very long time. You want to coach them a little bit, get them comfortable on camera, but you want to make sure you're giving them content that your fans can't find anywhere else. Because think about it. When you have a close friend, a close friend is someone you share you know, a lot of information with. So that's the way you need to think about Facebook Live. What can you offer your fans and customers that they aren't getting anywhere else? Another tip that I share for live video is your first episode is going to teach you the most about going live. You're going to go live and you're going to hear all that bad background noise or the lighting isn't quite what you wanted. Or your friend calls you on your iPhone that you're shooting on in the middle of the show. Or cold temperatures actually freeze your phone mid-show. That actually happened to me before. I thought it'd be fun to shoot an episode on my phone uh, outside. It was about 30 degrees here in Salt Lake City, Utah. And about halfway through the show, uh, my phone froze. 
we didn't know it froze. So we just kept talking. And <laughs> so anyway, live and learn. Be careful of cold temperatures. But here's the thing. I know it's scary going live on Facebook video, but you're going to be a lot more comfortable on your 10th live show than your first. But you've got to start somewhere. Another tip is think about offering a series of live shows. Tell your fans for the, the next four to six weeks, you're going to be going live every Wednesday to give them a new product insight or behind the scenes look at your company. But it should escalate to something. There should be some big reveal. But invite them to come and join, learn about what you're offering, and the, they can ask questions and kind of be part of that journey. And maybe they get to be part of the first pre-order or um, you know, seeing the product for the first time. People are used to having episodes. They need to look forward to something. People are so trained on Netflix or their favorite TV show. That's how you've got to think about this. You've got to think of it being like a TV network where you're going to produce a series of episodes that people want to come back for. Avoid doing random Facebook Live shows that maybe you haven't promoted or haven't planned out very well. Because if they aren't engaging and they kind of surprise your customers and fans... Facebook is actually going to hurt you. Well, not like physically, um, but the algorithm won't play well into your favor because if this content is not engaging, Facebook will not show it to anyone. So keep that in mind. All right, for this uh, segment of Trust Topics, Trust Topics is the opportunity for you, the listener, to send in questions, topics, and anything else about marketing and trust that you want to hear from. So, for this segment, we are taking a question from Lynn Johnson, one of my good friends and all around good people. Make sure to follow her on Twitter at PeopleFW. She is always sharing great information around business and marketing and truthfully is one of the most genuine people I know. If you want to submit a trust topic, you can send me an email at adam at adamcbuchanan.com. Make sure to put the subject line as trust topics. And ask me anything you want. So Lynn Johnson sent this in, and I think it's a really great question and something that a lot of people think about. She says, what happens if you mess up as a brand, but no one will really know? Do you keep it quiet or do you own up to it? It's a really good question. And in my many years in corporate, this was something that we had to address all the time. First off, I would say, you know, if you made a mistake, make it right with the people that it affected. Let's say you mess up 500 orders of coloring books. So they were supposed to get a Mickey Mouse coloring book, but they actually got a Charlie Brown coloring book. Uh, this actually happened to my wife the other day, where the cover of the coloring book is actually Mickey Mouse. And on the inside, it's all the Charlie Brown characters. Uh, yeah, I don't know what happened. So what do you do? Well, first you need to email those 500 people and get them taken care of. Now, is this worth posting on the website or on social media of what happened? It might be. You need to figure out if emailing them or getting them taken care of is going to offer a resolution. But if you really want to cover your bases, maybe you need to message this in more social channels. I would start with the email first and do the best to take care of them. 
you want to be careful of not adding more attention to the mistake than needed. I've seen companies do this where they're trying to cover their bases. They're trying to show that, hey, we're a trusted brand. But depending on the problem or the crisis that's happening, sometimes it can attract negative attention because they're, you know, apologizing to something that they did that other people don't know about. And then what happens is, you know, people might get angry of, oh, wow, I can't believe you did that. Like, that's really bad. So again, it's kind of a tough thing to balance. I would just be careful as you go through this experience to make sure you take care of the people affected and communicate the best you can. Now, if it's something like a product recall, you have to proactively message this. This isn't something that you can, um, you know, fly under the radar. So I've seen, you know, in my time at corporate where we've had to post messages on social media addressing certain product recalls. But I've also seen where there's certain crises where, um, you know, it's, it's tempting to address this from the brand standpoint and set the record straight. Like, okay, there's this really negative thing happening. We're getting destroyed on social media. You know, we've got to set the record straight and, and, you know, stand up for our brand. Be careful getting personal in these situations because we need to think back. How do we instill trust with our customer? Not how do we make ourselves look good in this situation? Sometimes being quiet for a few days to let the dust settle and get all the details is really important. I've seen companies do it both ways. It's important to talk to your organization, figure out what the game plan is, and even run through different scenarios where you might experience a crisis and find out, okay, in the first six hours, what are we doing? In the first 24 hours, what are we doing? It's really, really important to do this. Now, from a live video perspective, this can actually work really well depending on the scale of the issue. You could go live and take questions and be open about the situation. Now, that does open up a lot of transparency, so you as an organization need to be ready for that. Now, to the, comp- the, to the customers that aren't affected, they will view the brand as being honest and open, and that can actually help instill a lot of trust in them. Now, brands are afraid to apologize because they don't want to create more attention than needed. This is a bit of a balance because, you know, you want to be honest and you want to be open, but I would just say be careful and make sure that it's authentic because if the apology is not authentic and you can't, you know, come off sincerely, you probably don't want to go live on Facebook. I would keep that as a written blog post on the website or an email. Really great question from Lynn. And it's all about, you know, addressing those things early, but also having a game plan within your organization. So that's my episode about Facebook Live. I am a huge proponent for Facebook Live. Last year, I did over 30 episodes where I interviewed brands in the outdoor industry, talking about you know all the cool products that they're doing and taking questions from the audience. It was really cool and successful because the audience and the customers felt like they had a close connection with these brands. And guess what? 90% of those episodes were actually shot on my iPhone. Towards the end, we got so much traction with the project that um, the company expertise that I was working with were kind of excited. And they're like, you know what? Let's do this right. And so we went from one iPhone shooting live to two cameras with a crew of about three to five camera guys. 
and we had good sound, good lighting, and they really looked clean. So you can grow into this. Don't feel like you have to spend tons of money out the gate to just go live. Start with your iPhone. Start simple and just have fun with it. But I know it's scary. Uh, feel free to send me an email with um, your you know, your fears, I guarantee that I've had them or I've talked to brands that have had them and I have ways to overcome them. Thank you for joining this episode of the Marketing Trust Podcast. As always, if you have any questions, send them my way to adam at adamcbuchanan.com. You can also be featured in the Trust Topics segment. Just make sure the subject line says Trust Topics. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast if you like what you hear and also leave a review on iTunes. Let others know about the Marketing Trust Podcast. And also, if you haven't joined my Facebook group, search the Marketing Trust Podcast on Facebook and click join to connect with other marketers. Thank you for listening to the Marketing Trust Podcast, where I help you infuse more trust with your customers to help grow your business. I'm Adam Buchanan, and I want to thank you for listening.